Welcome to Revitalize Your Relationship. You are listening to episode 72, Adult Tantrums and Overreacting. Hello there, lovers. My name is Erin Aquin, and today we are going to talk about a thing that I know most of us do, and yet we all pretend we haven't done since we were children. And that is having a tantrum. (laughs) But before we dive in, I just want to ask you a question. Have you taken me up on my free five-day Bring Back the Love Challenge yet? If not, what the heck are you waiting for? If your relationship doesn't feel like it's a 10 out of 10 in every single area, This challenge will help you. It'll help you start to move towards your 10 out of 10. So on day one, you're going to start with an assessment of your relationship. We're going to identify all the areas that you really want to improve upon. And I'm going to teach you step-by-step over five days, small adjustments you can make to shift the entire outlook of your relationship. It's totally free. All you have to do is head over to revitalizeyourrelationship.com slash love dash challenge to get that and join me. (laughs) All right, let's dive in today to our topic. You guys all know what a tantrum looks like, right? I have two kids under the age of four, so I see my fair share of tantrums. Breath holding, screaming, smashing things, throwing things. My kids do it all. I get to watch the performance. And adults have a a version of this that probably isn't quite so dramatic most I hope most of the time it isn't quite so dramatic but sometimes I think grown-ups have these temper tantrums and overreactions and they like to call it feeling their feelings or processing feelings and I want to challenge that so obviously as human beings We are here, we experience a very wide spectrum of emotions. And back from my days when I was an acupuncturist, one of the things we used to talk about is that no emotion is wrong. No emotion is inherently unhealthy to have. It's only when those emotions get stagnated or um, misused. Misused emotions is like another way that you could think about it. So when we don't allow ourselves to process an emotion in a way that's constructive, creative, and healthy, then it gets, this is of course the Chinese medicine version, not the coaching version, but it gets stuck in the body. The way that we talk about this in coaching is that that your thoughts create your feelings and your feelings drive your actions in the world. The way you show up in the world, the way you interact with other people, what you do, and the results that you create in your life directly correspond to what you think and how you feel. So emotions don't just come out of nowhere. And this is really important. Emotions are not created by other people's actions or words. I'm going to blow some minds here. I know with this one, I'm going to get probably some angry emails, but most of us are taught something from a very early age that is totally wrong. Most of us are taught that other people's words and actions can hurt our feelings. We're taught that our words and actions can hurt someone else's feelings. 
Um, how many times has someone said to you when you were a kid, Beth, what you just said hurt that little girl's feelings. You need to go say sorry so that she can feel better. Or did that little boy hurt your feelings with his mean words? Let's get him over here to apologize so you can feel better. This is some bullshit. <laughs> Um, and you know, I, I mean, even though I coach all day long as a parent, this is something I really have to watch within myself because culturally, this is a really ingrained idea that other people's words and actions can hurt our feelings, that our life and our emotional health and well-being should hang on the way other people treat us, the other way, the way other people talk to us, that we can't feel good if someone else doesn't validate us or approve of us. So I remember the first time that I sort of learned this concept of becoming an emotional adult and not overreacting in the name of processing an emotion. And it really was hard to grasp because because I didn't even see at the time how disempowering it is to blame other people for how I felt. In fact, it felt really easy. It's like, well, my boyfriend said something that was rude. So of course I felt bad and it's his fault for saying it. It feels very justified, doesn't it? Like, have you ever been mad at someone for doing something or saying something? It feels really justified to say they made me mad because then of course you don't have to do anything. You get to be mad and they have to somehow fix it. And that would be totally fine if only other people did what we wanted them to, right? (laughs) Unfortunately, they don't. So what I want to suggest in this particular episode is that you take a look at this ingrained belief, that we're going to examine this because having a big emotional reaction to something is sort of like performance. When you are angry, and you say something to yourself like, I'm processing my anger by throwing plates at the wall and screaming at the top of my lungs. In the moment, it might actually feel good to unleash that energy. But long-term, you broke some plates. You maybe damaged a relationship. Maybe you said some words that you can't take back, that you're not proud of. Maybe you acted in a way that you don't like. This is what overreacting does. This is what a tantrum does. Now, when children have tantrums, most of us as parents, we, you know, we see the storm, the storm comes up, it passes. We don't hold that tantrum over our child's head for the next 10 years. But as grownups, we kind of should know better, right? So our partners are not going to just easily forget that we didn't talk to them for three days. It can have an uh, it can have a negative long term impact to your relationship. And of course, I don't want to suggest that all tantrums are like a big explosion of anger. Sometimes a tantrum is not talking to somebody. Have you ever been frozen out by your partner? They just stopped talking to you for three days. Totally a tantrum. That's my favorite tantrum, by the way. Here's what processing emotion is: feeling it feeling the sensation in your body, the way that it moves. Maybe it hangs out in a certain area of your body. Maybe you have a certain physical response to it. Processing it is not dramatizing it. It is not resisting it, pretending it's not there. 
You know when someone pretends they're not upset? No, I didn't want that raise anyway. No, I'm not mad I didn't get the award. You know how weird that feels? Just holding a door tightly, so afraid to feel or let in their disappointment. Processing an emotion is also not buffering. It's not trying to distract yourself with food or alcohol or Netflix or social media. Processing an emotion is allowing it to be there. When we respond in negative ways to our emotions, it's basically saying like, there's no space here for you. You're not allowed to feel this way. What if you could just feel sad and sit on the couch and be with your sadness? What if you could feel upset because, or disappointed because something you were expecting to do with your partner didn't happen? I think so much drama and pain and suffering in relationships could be totally skipped. We could just skip it, drop it all. If more people were willing to be emotional adults more of the time. Now, of course, I'm not suggesting that you're always going to feel totally responsible for your feelings at all times. Sometimes you're going to forget. I forget. I'm a coach. I forget that it's not what someone else did. You know, I, if I feel annoyed that it's nine o'clock and my children are not asleep and I'm like, oh, I'm so annoyed because they won't go to sleep. And I just in that moment forget that, no, I'm annoyed because I have a thought that they should be asleep. And I wanted to do something else and now I can't because they're not asleep. That's the difference. It's not saying that you take responsibility for other people, for what they do or don't do. It's just saying that you understand that other people are doing what they do and the only time that becomes a problem for you is if you have a thought about it. In my six-month coaching program, um, one of the tools I teach is this idea of emotional adulthood. And I give my clients this whole workbook and it's really in-depth and very powerful. But a big piece of that is really just getting people to feel the space between what someone else said or did and the emotion that you're having. The space between those two points is the realm of your thoughts. So one of the kind of more dramatic examples that I use is, let's say you come home and your partner sits you down on the couch and says, hey, I need to tell you, I've been having a relationship with someone else for the last six months. Your brain, because of everything you've learned in your life, is going to tell you that the sadness you feel in that moment, the grief, the anger that you feel in that moment is because your partner is having an affair. But the truth of the situation is that five minutes ago, you didn't know about it. So it can't be the fact of the affair. It's only when you had the information and you interpreted that to be meaningful to you, that you felt those things. I know that sounds like a very silly distinction to make, but this, I promise you, is the key to everything. You are allowed to be upset. You are allowed to think whatever you want about that. In fact, it would be very weird if you were just like, oh, okay, what's for dinner? That would be a little odd. 
(laughs) you're probably going to have a whole bunch of thoughts and feelings. But when you remember that it's your own thoughts that are creating your feelings, you have so much more power. If you start to think, well, they must have only done that because they don't love me anymore. They've been lying to me. You know, like you start to make all of these negative interpretations about yourself or about the other person, it cuts you off from having some choice about what you want to do. So I realize that's a very loaded example for a lot of people. I know a lot of you listening have dealt with this kind of thing. But as you work with this stuff, if you're in emotional adulthood and you know that your thoughts create your feelings, then you have so much more choice about how you move forward. You might decide in that moment, hey, I need some time alone to think about what I want to do here for me. You might say, hey, that's a boundary violation to me. We need to break up. So this is, of course, just one option. We always have the option of overreacting. We always have the emotion. We always have the option of having an emotional tantrum, of resisting, of buffering. Those are, you know, they're all options. You can do them if you want to. <laughs> but I don't think most of us know that we have this other path available. We have the space to process our anger, our disappointment, our pain from a place of love for ourselves, from a place of understanding that who we want to be, how we want to show up in our life, is determined in those moments. And that is the real gift of emotional adulthood, is when you know that it is your own thoughts that create your feelings, it doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily choose thoughts that are happy and sunshine in, those mo- in a moment where you learn something like that. You might choose to think, hey, that's unacceptable. I don't want to be in a relationship with someone that does that. But you do that for you. You don't do that as a result of thinking that the other person made you think something, that they made you feel something. They don't get power over you in that moment. You have the power. And this is the gift that I give to all of my clients. If this is something that you're trying to grasp in your own relationship, in your own life, I hope that you will take me up on my invitation and join the five-day challenge. And within that challenge, you will also learn how to sign up for a free consultation to work with me if this is something that you want to take a deeper dive in. Because you don't have to figure this out on your own. I loved listening to these concepts when I first heard them with my own coach, but it really took working with someone one-on-one to grasp this. And that is what I do every day with my clients. So head over to revitalizeyourrelationship.com slash love dash challenge. Take me up on the five-day challenge and you will learn more about how to work with me inside. Okay, go forth, be an emotional adult, process those feelings and know that the person who is creating your feelings is you. It's your thoughts churning out those feelings. So be kind to yourself. Hold that power. Do not give it away. Have a beautiful week. Take